This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 128 for the week of May 11th, 2008. Welcome to Daizen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shui X. That is correct, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of finish it, enlightening, and a little bit of entertaining. Thank you, Mary. Mike! That's you. I, whenever I introduce you on the show, it's totally like radio style and no one can see this, but I extend my right arm and I open my hand as in like... As if I'm about to come out on stage and do a little jig. Like... Jazz hands and everything. I know. Hey, you're Mary. No, it makes me glad we're not doing a video podcast. I'm excited that we are not. Despite what some people out there would like to have us do, I say no. No. Mary, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. We're doing this on Friday. We are. We're going to do a, I guess you would say a short episode. We're going to kind of do mini versions of most of the sections. It's Mother's Day weekend, so uh, we got plans with mothery things going on, so we got to go do that. And it's just a, an event-filled weekend, so we got to cruise through the podcast. Yes, indeed. So um, we're going to do that. Yep. So you're Mike. I am Mike. I'm Mary. Mary, Temple of Trunks. Yes, that's Mike, right. Vegito EX, Dizen EX. And uh, notably missing yet again, unfortunately, exactly is our- exactly the word I was going to use, is notably. Notably, notably our no shit. Yes. Really? Yeah, I, I love notably. Julian's not here yet again oh. for another week, but he's all moved in. I was actually speaking with him recently. He's all moved in. All his stuff is there. He's waiting on the final internet hookups at his place, and he's been hanging out in an internet cafe around the corner, it sounds like. So he is online and doing all kinds of Julian things online. Online and doing fan. Etc. So hopefully we'll hear from him. I know I keep saying this. It's been over a month now without him. Hopefully we will see him on the show soon. Until then, we will make do without him. Uh, we will carry on and persevere. So Mary, uh, that's kind of the housekeeping. Let's talk about what we're going to do this episode. Alrighty. We are going to review a book, believe it or not. Gasp! It's a Dragon Ball book, but... It's not a manga. It is not manga in any way, shape, or form. And it's not a Daisenshu. It's not a guidebook. It really wants to be all of those things. Though. And much more. And it is much more, which I guess is what we're going to discuss today is the much more. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to review the Dragon Ball Z legend. The quest continues. This is uh, Mysteries and Secrets Revealed 2, published by Kokoro Books. With a C. With a C. Right. So that's going to be the the topic this episode. We'll review that. We have a little bit of news to get to in the rest of the show. So let's cruise right on through it. The game comes out next month, so we're kind of starting to get this deluge of verse limit news, I suppose you could say. There was another trailer that came out this week. A very nice HD one was uh, floating around some sites like game trailers. Weird thing is, it was uh, widescreen, 16 by 9 but it looked like it was 4 by 3 kind of squished and stretched out and stuff. So someone done fucked up the video encoding promoting this, which is kind of sad. Because it looks really nice otherwise. But other stuff going on with verse limit. We knew that GameStop and EB was going to be offering a t-shirt with pre-order, but it sounds like they're also going to be doing some other exclusive, uh, kind of like pack-ins, bonuses for buying the game through That's them. pretty cool. It is. Mary, tell me about uh, what they got. Certainly. If you get the uh, Xbox 360 version, you will get the first seven episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I'm not sure if it's both languages, one language, what... Well, that's um, true. It doesn't really say one way or the other. Right. Let's but, assume English, I guess. Well, the thing is, it seems to be an exact copy of the first disc of the first remaster 
remastered season set. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. It, I saw a picture of it. Uh, one of our readers, listeners, sent us the pre-sale sheet from the actual, you know, location, like EB GameStop employees or whatever. And the picture of the disc seemed to be the exact thing that comes in the box set. So I'm thinking it's just that disc as is. Disc one, just right. But that's the 360. There. PS3 version is something else. That's right. Uh, PS3 comes with um, the Blu-ray version of DBZ Movie 1. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. This is different from the actual product, because later on this month, the Blu-ray is coming out that contains Movies 1 and 2. So this is kind of like a separate little product. But hey, that's not a bad deal. You're paying 60 bucks for the game. You get a t-shirt and a bonus DVD or Blu-ray. That kind of makes up for that extra 10 bucks they've been tossing in ever since we made the jump to these uh, next-gen consoles. Consoles. That's not too shabby. The offer seems to be valid from May 4th to May 31st, and we're going to try and get some more clarification on, because like the, um, this reader listener sent it in from Canada, does some of this only apply to Canada? It seems like a lot of U.S. places are doing it too. Do you have to pre-order by May 31st? We don't know, so we'll get some more info on that. And one last bit on Burst Limit, Donnie Clay has updated his blog over on IGN. Never they're putting out a new game, he kind of does this new blog thing, where he makes two or three it's posts, just a PR and, thing, and then it just falls off the face of the planet. This time he's talking about control in the game and the offensive and defensive mechanics. It's semi-interesting if you're into that kind of thing. But whatevs. Uh, that's burst limit stuff. Mary, you actually told me this morning you had read an article and you're all happy that you had read it. I was like, haha, already did it. Yes, that's right. All right, this is an article from Otaku USA magazine. It's a nice little article written by Daryl Surratt of Anime World Order, the podcast. Which you should be listening to. Yes, excellent stuff. I love this article because you never get to hear anything about Hironobu Kageyama in, I don't know, an American context outside of our obsessive fanboy. Right, because he doesn't just do Dragon Ball stuff. Right. But he's very well known for it, obviously. He's done so much stuff. I just thought it was fabulous because... One, I love the part about, um, apparently they did some kind of comparison between Rock the Dragon and Chala Hedchala, and, you know, they like Chala Hedchala more, and apparently fanboys went in an, up- in an uproar. So I don't want to say this article was in defense of that decision. It was more like a history lesson in all things here in Obukageyama. Yeah. But it was cool just stuff. awesome because it's like, yay, there's other people out there that like, you know, this I music. like a Dale showing his DBZ cred where he's like, all right, first thing I saw was movie 12, and that was the best one, and I like We Got a Power the Most. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) So that was cool. Uh, what really piqued my interest here is I keep seeing this over and over. Um, ever since Otakon announced they were going to be getting Jam Project to appear and play a performance there at the convention, which includes Hironobu Kageyama, people are always like, oh, and he's done such and such so many songs for Dragon Ball. And the number I always seen thrown around is 50, which seems like a pretty, you know, large round number. Of course, me being me, I wanted to see exactly how many songs he's done. So I've done half of my research so far. First, I wanted to figure out how many songs songs did Hironobu Kageyama record and those actual recordings appear in the series, in an episode, in a movie, in a game as is. And so I came to the conclusion that 26 individual songs as recorded appear in an episode, movie, game, etc. And then you can take it even further. Um, things like Never Ending, Never Give Up, the closing theme to Legends. It was instrumental in the game, but he did a vocal version of it. There's like five things that are kind of like that that you could add in. And then there's alternate things like remixes and that kind of stuff. So I'm up to around 36 of as recorded used in things. We're not even counting image songs That yet. alone is probably 50 right there <laughs> at least. So I'm very curious to see what you end up with as your final tally if you end up doing this crazy stuff of including image songs. Because I think that should count. I mean, those 
are all they, the hit right. CDs. They were recorded by him for Dragon Ball specifically. Right. So I can I can see why people would pull out fifty. It's but a I great feel like number to use. It's an out. I feel like it's almost arbitrary because it's either dead on. But I know he did way more than obviously twenty I, image I don't songs. Know, because a lot of songs get reused and redone, alternate versions and remixes and that kind of stuff. And then there were like a couple CDs that were character songs. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to doing the rest of my research and figuring out what the exact. Uh, don't go crazy is. though. Keep yes. your sanity. Alright, that's uh, the Hironobu Kageyama stuff. Uh, a little bit of Funimation things. We know that TBC Movies 1 and 2, we talked about that, are coming out May 27th, remastered on DVD and Blu-ray. This article over on uh, Anime on DVD kind of led us in on information that Funimation is going to be putting out sets of 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 by the end of this year. That's pretty That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, they're going to be cruising through them. They were very slow with the DBZ movies as single releases. Yeah, but that was but that when they were sense. trying to prolong this Exactly. Series. Now they have another reason to re-release it all, so might as well cruise through it. Uh, Mary, you tell me what the very last bit of news here is. All right, well, this is um, relevant to us. <laughs> in, Who does in this several, apply to? It applies to, I guess, people that are willing Willing to go to this event and people who are fans of the early, early Dragon Ball Z dub from the mid-90s. Or you're a fan of the dub and you happen to live in the UK and saw that alternate That's dub. That's true. That's or true. Or maybe a little bit in Canada when they were flipping back and forth. Right. Anyhow, Brian Drummond, Anime Next, be there June 21st? <laughs> I'm awful. I'm on staff there. I should know the date. Okay. Let me look Says up. Says Mary okay. opens her calendar. June 20th through 22nd. There Brian Drummond go. will be there. He's currently uh, well known for his role as Ryuk on Death Note. But for our geeky purposes, we know him as Vegeta from the first uh, Ocean Group dub of right. Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. That appears to be the news for the last week. So let's take it on over to the topic. Now, let me give you a little backstory behind this book. I first saw this on the shelf at, I think, a Borders. Or yeah, it was one of those. One it was of one of those impulse purchases. No, it's not. What? I, I didn't buy it at the store. I actually ordered it online maybe like a year later. Really? Yeah. Aww. So I saw this on the shelf. It was in with the Dragon Ball manga. And I'm like, hmm, what's this book? It's a guidebook to Dragon Ball? This isn't listed on here. This is strange. I've never heard of this. So I started flipping through it. And it seemed like there was a lot of cool info in there. One of the things I noticed right off the bat was an interview with Peking Duck. who is a very well-known uh, Japanese Dragon Ball fan over in Japanese fandom. He's run a website for a long time. He actually posted on our forum quite a bit for a small period of time. Posted up a lot of cool stuff on YouTube. He was digging through old videos. So, I mean, I recognize that name. I was like, holy shit, this is something. I gotta, I don't really feel like streak spending the money on this book. It's like 12 bucks. Oh, I don't know. And it's not like I haven't spent, you know, two or three times that on a Dizenshu or anything. But So, I, I didn't pick it up right away. And at some point later, I ordered it online. Maybe I was buying a bunch of other stuff and I just threw it in with the order. Then I got it and then I started reading it and I went oh well fuck this I don't know how else to say other than this book is a pile of garbage and yet we're devoting airtime to this we are because I think people should know about this no not to buy this absolutely not you, like you can't really trust everything you read on the internet but you're better off reading the internet than you are reading this book in some respects Unless you want a good time, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Did you have a good time reading it? No, not at all. And we're going to give you some examples as to why this was not very good. Right off the bat, and you're going to hear me flipping around in the books, I wrote my notes and my page numbers and all that stuff. You start reading it, it starts giving you a little bit of back history on Dragon Ball. 
So right here on page 9, actually page 8 into 9, Kududin and Goku use their newly acquired talents to participate in the Tenkaichi tournament, where they meet the first of their real enemies, the Red Ribbon Army. I, We're nine uh, pages in, and we already have this stuff. If you don't know, the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai takes place. It ends. After that is the Red Ribbon Army arc. I am so confused by this book, because obviously someone on staff had to have been a fan, but this is written in such a way that they obviously did not watch the show. It's like they might have maybe went online and picked out some key moments and kind of read some synopsis, but didn't like really, I don't know, I'm research keep well going enough. a little bit. Page 11 here, talking about GT. There they come across numerous enemies and also run into evil Shenlong, whose existence is a result of the dragon. They don't just run into him. The whole space exploration thing has already finished by this point. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like very condensed and maybe they're trying to dumb it down a little bit, but that's not entirely true. The next segment here is they're talking about the series and the movies and things. And what's interesting is that uh, they're listing the movies, like the first TV special is called Dragon Ball Z Bardock Story Lonely Final Battle. That's like half a translation of what the title is. And I feel like that's starting to get a little nitpicky, though. Right. It's not just... How, it's not. It doesn't compare to the flat-out wrong information. Like. However, the next thing we get into is Dragon Ball Movie 1, Shenron no Densets, or Dragon Ball Curse of the Blood Rubies, which in and of itself might be okay if they were listing dub titles along with Japanese titles. However, but they don't stick to a convention. No, because then we get into things like Chikyu Marugoto Chokesen, which is the ultimate decisive battle for Earth, which is relatively accurate. Like, they're just flipping back and forth all over the place. Saikyo E no Michi is 10th anniversary movie. Like, that's what it is, but that's not the actual name of it. So things are really all over the place. Here's another great thing here. Description of uh, DBZ Movie 1. The movie tells the story of the battle between Goku and his long-standing enemy, Garlic Jr. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They just met. (laughs) They just met for the first time here. Maybe Kami and his long-standing enemy. Right, that would make more sense. I feel like this entire book was written as if someone just Googled the phrase Dragon Ball Z and then just kind of like wrote a book based on whatever came up on the interwebs. saw fan subs 10 years ago and is just writing on memory. For example, the name of the villain from TBZ Movie 3 is written in the old fan sub spelling as Taurus. T-A-U-R-U-S. I can can forgive that somewhat because that is just so damn convoluted. I still have a hard time honestly swallowing... The Daisenchui, the Daisenchui X naming convention of Tullus, just because I grew up with- At the same time, they spell Buruma. And I hate that. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but when they flip back and forth all over the place with this kind of stuff, and then, I mean, you're talking about Buruma and Taurus, you get to page 18, where they're talking about DBZ Movie 12, and they talk about Pico. They drop the N from his dub name, and it's supposed to be Paikuhan. Like, they're just all over the place. We're getting very nitpicky, but, I mean, just even in terms of pure information, I'm talking page 33 here. Here's a great line. The Snake Way is the route Raditz, Goku's elder brother, uses in... (laughs) Uses in his assault on Earth when he attempts to destroy all living creatures. That's like a bad fanfic. <laughs> Even going along with more of the dub stuff, throughout the entire book they use Kami Senin, and then suddenly on page 39 they decide to start using Master Roshi. Page 46 they have the wrong Yor, and you know how oh, I no. am about that stuff. There are typos uh. all over the place. Page 47 and 48 they have a rather fine explanation of Vegeta and the Powerball. None of this uh, Bardock brilliant scientist stuff going on. So that was kind of good to see. 
on page 108, I don't know if this is a typo or whatever, but they say Goku destroys Cell for good, finally, in the end, instead of Gohan. Uh, they say Puar is female, which we know uh, from Toriyama himself is quite the opposite. Puar was intended to be male. Uh, they use the name Guru here instead of Saichiro. They explain some of the name puns. Uh, most of them are pretty good, but uh, for the example, this one, Muri, who is um, who takes over the role of Saichiro. He's uh, that the elder Namekian from that village. They say his name is a pun on impossible. Well, that's what the word Muri means, but we know that all of the Namekians, they come from this gastropod family kind of stuff, and that's not where that name comes from. Muri's name comes from Katatsu Muri, and it's also where Katatsu comes from, who's the, uh, the being who sent his son, who became Piccolo and Kami, to Earth. So, like, they looked up the word Muri in the dictionary, saw it meant impossible, and totally missed the point <laughs> of the oh, entire man. series of name puns. Uh, you know, great research there. <sighs> um, going on, page 151, they say Spice Boys, and then they oh, finally no. say Pike On. They remember to put on the end there. Page 143, they're talking about Kayo in his bad jokes and girly mags. Now, Kayo... Oh. Bad Bad jokes, yes. Kame Senin is the one with the girly mags. In the glossary, there's hyperbolic time chamber and instant transmission. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with all the dub terminology. No, it's just a matter of if you're going to use dub name conventions, stick to it and don't throw in the random buruma and whatever other exactly. actual Japanese it's phrases just they're using. all over the place. And the, one of the best ones for me was just that Radis and Snake Away thing. The information is just horrible and it's written so poorly. The way the book is laid out, it just kind of asks questions and then it dedicates a page or two to them. So, for example, one of the questions here on page 145, the title is, Who is the meanest DBZ dude? And then they talk about who some of the toughest enemies in the series are. Like, it's it's so kiddified, but they try to take it to the next level by throwing in some Japanese terminology, and I just think it fails and falls completely on its ass. And it's just an all-around terrible book. Now, we got to talk a little bit more about Kokoro books, because they have not gotten their dirty little mitts exclusively on the Dragon Ball series. Uh, there's a fan out there, Aaron Clark, who is uh, very well known for the site Ava Monkey back in the day. It looks like he's then shut it down and is doing some other projects with Ava. But I remember that he had reviewed the Evangelion book that Kokoro Books has put out. So I dropped him a line. I'm like, hey, Aaron, do you have uh, any thoughts on the Ava book? Any juicy details? Any juicy details on uh, what whoa, happened there? and horrors and So hopefully he doesn't mind. I'm going to read uh, a little bit of his email. And he actually sent me a link to his old review of the Evangelion book. I mean, it's not Dragon Ball, but it gives you a good idea about you know what these people do and some of the other books they've put out and just how absolutely horrendous this stuff is. So Aaron says, Mike, curse you. I'd almost wiped that accursed book from my memory. It's been almost four years since I read it. All I can say is that it was a waste of time, money, and paper. It was just sad. I don't know how the rest of their line of books fares, just that I doubt their quality on a whole. If you're interested in more, I did a write-up to encapsulate my opinion of the book at the time that you might find useful. So I'm going to load this up and give you a couple key quotes from this review. A little back history, they sent him the book for review purposes. Ouch. Probably thinking, oh yeah, you know, fanboys will eat up anything. He'll love it, of course. That is a hideous cover. I Holy say, fucking Moses. I say it was because I'm no longer eager to sing any praise to the authors of this book. Let me read some of their errors. If you're familiar with Ava, you'll know uh, like what's wrong with some of this stuff. The authors suggest that LCL can melt objects. They list Kensuke as the fourth child and pilot of Ava 3. Oh they no, refer to that the would a- make him really happy, wouldn't it? <laughs> they refer- this is so sad. They refer to the AT field at times as an AC field. They 
at several points confuse unit numbers. Ramiel is referred to as an octagon rather than octahedron. The authors confuse central and terminal dogger at several points. The authors refer to the first impact as the extinction of the dinosaurs, etc., etc., etc. I think I might have fucked up one of the names in there. But regardless, if you've seen Ava and you're a fan of it, you're going, oh my god, you're tearing out your hair. You know, Ava is very much uh, like interpretations and like pure facts and where this stuff came from. And Dragon Ball is even more, I've used this phrase before, surface level stuff. There's nothing to read into. It, it's there and it happened. And it's really hard to get that information wrong. So if they can't do Dragon Ball properly, oh my god, they did an Evangelion book. I, I, I weep for fans of anything they've touched. It looks like they've done a Gundam one and some other stuff too. So I don't know what there is for me to additionally possibly say about this book. Other than don't purchase it. Unless you have 12 bucks to spare and you want to have a good time. I mean, even then... I can think of other ways to spend 12 bucks for a good time. Exactly. Get the manga and get the actual That's story. not what I was thinking. But not okay. the one where Raddus runs down Snake Way. <laughs> I can't get over that. It's so amazing. So that's our review of this book and that it's a complete pile of garbage and you should never invest in it. And I'm going to keep it for good laughs and it made for a great podcast episode. So uh, that's actually going to wrap up the episode for the week. Like I said, we got a lot of stuff going on this weekend, but we wanted to bring you some content. Uh, and that was the review of that book. If you can call it content, hopefully you had fun listening to it. We'll provide a link to it. We'll give you the uh, ISBN number and maybe you, you can do whatever it is that you fans do with this information. Mary, if people want to send us questions and all that stuff, emails, where do they come to? They would go to podcast at diezex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. That is absolutely correct. You have questions, comments, suggestions, all that stuff. You want to send text emails, audio emails, whatever. We will take them and we will get back to you in uh, due time. That's the end of the episode. Mary, speaking of Ava, we have a certain friend who... Uh, got a certain R2 of a certain movie. Yes, and I, uh, we shall partake. About to go watch it in glorious surround sound and all that stuff. So uh, let's go do that. Let's please. Let's. Mary, plug Temple of Trunks. Sure, why not? Still riding high off of its fresh content update. <laughs> it's uh, www.templeotrunks.com. That Enjoy! Is- Temple O Trumps. For all your purple hair wonder boy needs. If you say so. I say so. All right. Well, uh, that leaves Julian and myself. Julian, that funky man over in for, Japan. At this point, he's been gone for so long that he just sounds like your imaginary friend. <laughs> I know. He actually exists, and I can prove it by you going back and listening to older episodes. So he's not just some voice Maybe in my Maybe, like, head. put on a voice. I, I can't replicate his vast knowledge and amazingly well-compressed voice and all that stuff. Julian, the uh, non-figment of my imagination, him and I, we found a Daizen Chewy X, which is www.daizex.com. Daizen very, very active lately, I noticed. It has been a lot of news, Lots of a lot content. of cool stuff going on. Awesome. So we'll check you out there. Uh, until then, I, I guess we'll uh, see you next week with the next episode of the podcast. Hopefully be a full episode of the podcast. Hopefully with Julian involved. It'll make for a grand return with uh, him. So that's it. I will say goodbye to Mary over here. Bye. And I will say goodbye to Julian, who I didn't really talk to you about. I talked to him earlier this week. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and uh, I'm about to watch an Ava movie. Bye, Yuzen Chewie X, Podcast. Don't you know, Kite, Kurasate, Arigato, Gozaimasu. Jigai, O, Tanushimini.